0: Hey, what's up? Thank you for tuning in to the Or What Not Podcast, a super dope podcast that'll talk about any and everything or whatnot. I'm your host, El Breeze, and let's go ahead and get into this episode. All right, guys, last week when I started this season, I did not tell you what the season was gonna be about. Shame on you, El Breeze. So this season is entitled My Black Matters, and we're not just talking about black and black, Black Lives Matter, but also talking about Black Matters that we sweep under the rug, that we don't tap into, that we ignore. Things that happen in the Black community that don't get as much light as it should or aren't vocalized or isn't vocalized as much as it should. So My Black Matters is ultimately going to be a series of conversations about things that are prominent in the black community that we just don't talk about so last week on the business besties episode we talked about comparison and if you are anything like me i know that you've been compared to someone even just by their looks out in public and so um Of course, comparison is a silent killer because we ultimately will begin to start thinking negatively about ourselves because we are not only comparing ourselves to other people, but other people are comparing us to other people and we are individuals. So last week was comparison and this week is all black lives matter. So I had the opportunity of sitting down with Brandon, also known as 50 Shades of Gay, G-H-E-Y, and we had a really good discussion about influence and we are talking about how to get more involved as heterosexuals in the gay community. And it's crazy because I saw a post on Instagram that said, it said, queer people do not want your straight kids to be queer. We want your queer kids to survive. And when I saw that post, I was like, wow, that's like a completely different view. Um, So, so many times we see the LGBTQ community advocating for, Equal rights and everything. We, we see the LGBTQ being very vocal. And so many times as Christians and as the heterosexual community, we don't always understand the, the reason for the LGBTQ um, community making so much noise. But that post really, really, really was just like an eye opener for me because never in a million years would I think that my son or my daughter would be gay. But if they were, I would want them to have equal rights. I would want them to be able to survive. I would want to know that when they walked out the door that they were going to be treated just as well and just as great and just as equal to their heterosexual brother or sister or me or whoever or you, you know, we would want to know that our children are going to be safe d- despite the lifestyle that they, um, live. So that post really, it really just touched my heart because I don't think we, we look at the LGBTQ community as if they're doing things right, especially as, um, Christians and heterosexuals. We don't, we don't look at it because we, we're not in their shoes. But the lives of people that we love could definitely be affected, positively affected by the justice and the equality within the LGBTQ community. So today, I just really want to encourage you all not to look at black lives as just the black straight man or just the black straight woman. But instead, let's look at Black Lives for Black Lives. Brandon will talk about intersectionality. And it's a new word for me, but um, I definitely have put a definition on my Instagram at or whatnot podcast. Go ahead and follow me now. But beyond that, I want us to open up our eyes to see. That regardless of what we feel, what we believe, what we do, how we act, how we respond, that as Black people, we need to stand for Black people. It can't be that only heterosexual lives matter. No, all Black lives matter, period. All Black lives matter. And we never know the Black life that we could be saving by standing up for justice, not just for The black man that got murdered by a police officer or the black girl that was killed in her sleep or the black man that was running and got murdered. Just because these are heterosexual experiences, it doesn't negate the black lives of the transgender woman abused by people that look just like her. I just want to encourage us to always remember that it's not just Black heterosexual lives that matter. All Black lives matter. We'll go ahead and get into this interview. Again, I have Brandon, who is 50 Shades of Gay, G-H-E-Y. I had the opportunity of meeting him um, a couple months ago in Atlanta, and he was probably one of the most genuine people that I had ever met. Little did I know Brandon had gone viral several years ago. I think he did. He did a reaction video to Beyoncé and so he went viral on Vine several years ago. So he definitely has a following and an influence. So we're going to hop right into this interview talking about who is Brandon.
1: My social media alias is 50 shades of gay and I, I got started on social media in 2009 and the way that I got started was, it was very, it was unexpected for myself because I was at a point in my life where I never could picture myself sitting in front of a camera and allowing it to record, let alone hearing my voice. Um, mm-hmm. It was in 2009 whenever the Vine app mm-hmm. became Do popular. It for the Vine. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it was then that that app came popular and I went from a viewer to a content creator. And Mm -hmm. I would just, you know, I would watch everybody, you know, all of the content creators who had, you know, all of these views and all of these revines, what they were called back then. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, maybe I should give it a try. So I mustered up the strength and the courage to give it a try. And Mm -hmm. I actually had a lot of vines that um, actually went viral. One of the vines that went viral was um, Andrew Caldwell. Do you remember him?
0: Mhm.
1: So the, the I'm not gay anymore.
0: Yeah, so, I'm not gay no more.
1: So yes, I did like a reaction bind to that video, and okay. that video I believe I had over almost three hundred thousand views on that. So wow. I, I saw my post on different gossip websites, different blogs, and it mm-hmm. was from the, it was at that point that I was like, you know, this is something that I really. Can do in April of 2016 when Beyonce canceled her Formation World Tour in Nashville. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm a Beyonce fan. Oh, um, I be I, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I recorded a reaction video to that um, on Facebook actually, and that video in itself, um, I think I there was over eight hundred thousand views and over eight thousand comments and that particular video is what really kind of introduced me to the homophobia that is in our community because Mm -hmm. though I was excited about going viral there was a lot of negative conversation that Mm -hmm. was included in those eight thousand comments and Mm -hmm. I was basically forced to I was forced to have tough skin because Mm-hmm. I'm getting all these notifications and I'm reading through the comments and I'm like, wow, you really said that. So you took mm-hmm. a post that was created for humor and you mm-hmm. turned it into a post for you to basically bash the content creator. So,
0: so when you gained your popularity via mm-hmm. social media and you had to, you learned how to have thick skin, what did that process look like for you? Because I could only imagine being... At a place where my notifications are going off every other minute mm-hmm. and every other comment could be something negative.
1: Well, first I had to process the negative comments that were being placed under the video. And mm-hmm. then I had to realize that the people who are commenting, they don't know me personally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I just, you know, it took a lot of thought. And I'm like, I, I can't take their comments personal because, again, they mm-hmm. don't know me personally. And mm-hmm. I can't allow someone who does not know me personally, mm-hmm. I can't allow them to have a negative impact on me and my level of confidence.
0: Mm-hmm. Did it spark their confidence or do you feel like you kind of went into like a depression or anything like that?
1: I didn't go into a depression. I would say that when it felt fir- like when I first started getting that spurt of negative comments, I was like regretting recording the video. And then I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't regret recording the video because the video has propelled me to a place where, you know, I could be up there with those content creators who are now getting a check for just putting a camera in their face, recording Mm -hmm. and posting on social media. Um, So I would Mm -hmm. say that it definitely sparked a growth in my confidence.
0: Okay. And so now that you have a level of influence on social media, I would assume that your level of influence started with the gay community? That is accurate, yes. How have you maintained that level of influence and used your voice for the gay community? So once, once I realized
1: and really paid attention to my analytics, mm-hmm. I understood that I, had a, I have a platform. Mm-hmm. And once I realized that I had a platform, um, I made it a point to be a voice for the voiceless.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I made it
1: a point to advocate for those things that are particularly an issue in the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. Because again, I wanted to be that voice for those people who might feel like they don't have a voice or they don't Mm -hmm. know how to speak up about things that might have a negative impact on them.
0: So do you feel like you use your voice in a positive way from 2009 to now?
1: I definitely do. Um, there's been several times where I've just received random messages from random people just thanking me for, you know, some of the things that I post and some of the things that I say. So I would definitely say that I've, I've maintained that level of positive influence throughout um, my tenure on social media.
0: That's what's up, because everybody can't maintain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I try, everybody, you know, I try.
0: Maintain. And like I said, you know, after we met, That's when I actually just started following your social media. And I mean, you're pretty hilarious, like, in real life. (laughs) But um, do you feel like your personality, even being funny, has been able to shed light to maybe the straight community? Honestly, I do believe that I've been able, sorry, to,
1: you know, shed light in the heterosexual community. Mm-hmm. More so with the females in the heterosexual community because, mm-hmm. again, some of the things that I post, um, whether it's about relationships or professional growth or anything of the sort, mm-hmm. they've taken some sort of nugget away from it. I mean, mm-hmm. I've even received messages from, you know, that demographic of people.
0: Mm-hmm. So I will say this publicly. I commend you for using your voice. Like I said, this, po- this whole um, episode is coming from you using your voice and y'all mm. I saw a post that he made it was like scrolling back like way back <laughs> where it <laughs> said that um Christian something to the effect of Christians forgive everybody except for their gay family member and as a Christian as a woman in ministry I tried to be level-headed like that really hurt my heart to know that there is a community of people that don't feel as though they're loved by their family. What is your experience with your family not being accepting or forgiving or even with the Christian community? Like, what is your experience with that?
1: Well, first off, that the po- I remember the post that you're speaking of. So that post, um, I will say that my agreement with that post is more so from a point of acceptance, not forgiveness, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, mm-hmm. My perspective is that some Not all Christians are more likely to accept a prostituting daughter over their successful gay son, and that's an extreme example. But I personally haven't really dealt with being exiled by the Christian community because I grew up Mm -hmm. in the church. Um, One Mm -hmm. thing that I can say that um, I have experienced um, as it relates to Christianity is, you know, being in church and hearing a sermon where the preacher is directing, you know, his his sermon toward homosexuality. And I feel mm-hmm. like that in itself perpetuates that feeling in the LGBT community that we don't have a place in the church. Um, mm. And I just feel like that has created just, you know, this, it, it's created this divisiveness between the LGBT community people who are in touch with their Christianity and the church. So again, I haven't, Directly dealt with any negativity from the church, other than I would say the topic from the pulpit. Yes, yes.
0: I completely understand where you're coming from, and I will say this on behalf of anybody or any sermon that you have ever heard Mm -hmm. that you feel like was directed towards you. Like I'm apologizing for that voice because I believe that you know a lot of times we as Christians we put degrees on sin, and Mm -hmm. if Um, If homosexuality is a sin, well, so is fornication. And we can't exile one person and not exile another person. Exactly. So I definitely want to apologize.
1: I really appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) I really do.
0: You are more than welcome. Right now, we're in a civil rights movement, the largest civil rights movement ever to hit the world. Like, What is your stance on this as an advocate for this community and an advocate for people with HIV? i am a
1: person of intersectionality um Mm -hmm. i feel like that if i'm going to be a voice then i need to Mm -hmm. be a voice for everyone um Mm -hmm. any injustice in any aspect of the world i need to be a voice whether it's someone who is a a heterosexual black man or a gay black man or a Mm -hmm. transgender black woman i Mm -hmm. still need to be that voice like i should not remain silent if it's a black man who was you know brutally attacked by a police officer like I should still use my voice no matter what the case might be or whatever community it might have an impact on
0: Mm -hmm. so do you feel as though as it relates to like just racism and police brutality and all of that do you feel like the LGBTQ I'm gonna get this right one day. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Do you feel like do you feel like this community gets the. I don't think the res recognition is the word, but like I have seen several stories, even more recently, of people within this community that have been killed. Like I believe it was somebody that got killed the same day as George Floyd, and uh-huh. it wasn't broadcasted. And then the um the young lady mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, Ayana. Um, you know, hers is being broadcasted in a negative light. So, do you feel like you all are not getting the publicity to help change?
1: I feel like that, and and even more now. I, I, you know, watching people post on social media and 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 you know, advocating for justice for the the unfortunate turn of events that have happened in the Black community. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of us talk about. Silence um, mm-hmm. from our white counterparts, but a lot of us are not talking about the silence that we have whenever someone, a black gay man, is wrongfully murdered or a black trans woman is wrongfully murdered. Whenever those mm-hmm. episodes happen, we don't have the same energy that we have now that you know the things have transpired with George Floyd or Brianna mm-hmm. or Ahmad and mm-hmm. it makes it makes us feel like you know we don't have the same the same backing but mm-hmm. we believe in intersectionality and we're going to make again our voices be heard whether it's a black straight man or a black gay man or mm-hmm. a black transgender woman we're going to make sure that we are on the front line fighting for justice
0: and how can we as the heterosexual community help with that like what can we do to amplify the voices of people that seem voiceless
1: remove your silence so you know how we are advocating for our white counterparts to not be silent whenever things Mm -hmm. like this happen that's the same expectation that we in the black lgbtq community have for you all. Don't pick and choose what battles you're going to fight or what Mm -hmm. battles you're going to advocate
0: for. So pretty much you're saying that when black lives matter, black male lives matter, black woman lives matter, black gay man lives matter, black lesbian woman lives matter, black trans woman lives matter. And we have to stand firm on the fact that everyone's all black lives matter not just heterosexual Black Lives
1: Matter. Correct. Because, you know, and I I, I had the opportunity to kind of like think of things in retrospect. And I have a lot of friends who have a platform on social media and mm-hmm. um, they're, you know, a lot of, you know, Black individuals in the LGBTQ community. And mm-hmm. they all, we all stand 10 toes down whenever, whenever something happens, like the situation that happened with, you know, our brother, Mr. Floyd, we're Mm -hmm. on the front line. And, you know, we have that same expectation for those individuals that might look at us with a side eye. Like we have that Mm -hmm. same expectation because a black life is a black life. And it doesn't matter who you choose to lay down with. It doesn't matter what you identify as at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. It's a black life.
0: I really feel as though there's a target on the black gay males back Mm -hmm. even stronger than it's like you you get it from both sides because I do believe that the African American community as a whole, like we don't we don't just openly accept gay men, Mm -hmm. period. You know, unless it's your friend or, you know, you're a part of this community. And so like I could only I could I could not imagine what Mm -hmm. it's like being a black gay man in America Mm -hmm. right now. Where not only do you have these police that are gonna have a target on your back, but you also have a target on your back from people that are supposed to have your back. So I, I could not (laughs) imagine. (laughs) Yeah, it's been hard. So it's definitely been a challenge. So by us being more open to the conversation, and I mean pretty much, you are asking that we do the same thing that we're asking our white friends to do so what does education look like for us like if we want to be educated on how to treat the lgbtq community better like where do we start honestly i feel like that a lot of the
1: indirect homophobia in the church i feel like a lot Mm -hmm. of that comes from a comes from traditionalized education so Mm -hmm. I feel like that as a whole it's important that minds are reframed um I feel Mm -hmm. like that you you understand um you 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 strive to understand sexuality and the various aspects of it and I feel Mm -hmm. like once you understand it it's easier for you to accept it
0: Mm -hmm. like but how do we get that understanding like as people like how do we get Mm -hmm. this Education. How do we get familiar? How do we get comfortable?
1: Right. So in ministry, I feel like if you target those communities, because there's a lot of organizations that are specifically geared toward the LGBTQ community, I feel like mm-hmm. that a start for that education is mm-hmm. to target those different organizations and have mm-hmm. the conversations with those people who have dealt with being exiled by their Christian family have those conversations mm-hmm. with them and i feel like the best form of education is through them sharing their experiences with you mm-hmm. and just be, letting them you know vent about what they've gone through because again mm-hmm. that's a lot you know that's the reason why a lot of people in the lgbt community turn away from turn away from the church because mm-hmm. they don't feel comfortable or they don't feel welcomed. So I mm-hmm. think if you really have the desire to learn and you really have the desire to change your thought process, you mm-hmm. have to go out in your ministry. You have to take your mm-hmm. ministry outside of the walls of the church and, mm-hmm. you know, target those different Those different you know programs because there's Mm -hmm. so many programs that are exclusively designed for the LGBT community
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like that's
1: definitely a start
0: and so just for like let's just say outside of ministry how do we as just human beings as heterosexual human beings start that conversation
1: sure so understanding that sexuality is a is a broad spectrum topic. I feel like if you educate yourself yourselves on the different aspects of sexuality, then that'll make the, that'll make navigating the conversation easier. Because even mm-hmm. as a gay black man, I didn't really understand that there was that, that sexuality was so so broad um, mm-hmm. until I started to really research sexuality. And I mm-hmm. became to understand, you know, the different nuances that um, came with being, you know, identifying as lesbian or identifying as bisexual or identifying as gay or transsexual. Mm-hmm. So, just educating yourself on the different aspects of sexuality.
0: All right. So, based on this conversation right here, what is one thing that you want the world to remember? One call to action that I
1: um, would want everyone to take from this conversation is uh, research intersectionality and its importance and strive to adopt an intersectional mindset when reaching, you know, reacting, sorry, to causes that involve injustice because in the words of the late... Dr. Martin Luther King, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So, the mm-hmm. same voice that we use um, whenever a black man is wrongfully murdered by police personnel, we should use that same voice whenever a trans woman is almost beat to death on a train or a trans woman loses her life um, while she's in an ambulance seeking medical help.
0: I really appreciate you, Brandon. What a while. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> I, I appreciate this conversation. Like I've never had someone really reach out to me and want to have this conversation. So the fact that mm-hmm. you reached out to me as a, a woman in ministry that means a lot to me.
0: All right. So um you have a t-shirt line and eleven thousand followers. So how can people find you on social media?
1: Okay. So my Instagram name is Fifty Shades of Gay, and it's five zero. S H A D E S G H E Y, and it's the same on Facebook. Again, that is 50 S H A D E S O F G H E Y. And,
0: and teacher, the link to my t
1: shirt line is in my bio.
0: Because Chad, he got this t shirt to say, Say, like somebody get back six feet. Give me six feet. Give me <laughs> six feet. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So, well, thank you so much again, Brandon. I really, really appreciate you for doing this episode with me and sharing your voice. Okay, guys. So in this episode, I said something and I need to clarify. I apologized for the voice from the pulpit um, in which Brandon said that he had experiences where he felt as though the pastor was directly preaching towards the homosexual community. Or the LGBTQ community. And I apologize for the voice from the pulpit. And I have to retract that statement. Not that I don't apologize. But I cannot apologize for the voice from the pulpit. Because for one, I wasn't there. And if the voice from the pulpit was... If it was Holy Spirit, if that was God speaking, I would never want to nullify his voice. But what I will apologize for is if the sermons that Brandon heard or anyone else has heard from the pulpit, if these were men and or women that were using their platform to express their views and their opinions versus the word and the will of God, I apologize for that because we don't want to mismanage platforms. But I cannot apologize for the voice from the pulpit being that I did not hear it. And I do not know the legitimacy of the text or the sermon. So I just wanted to clarify that because, like I said, I would never discredit the voice of God. All right, guys, this has been another episode of the Or What Not Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Go ahead and subscribe if you haven't done so already. And follow us on social media by searching Or What Not Podcast. Can't wait to see you here next week.